You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. I'm so excited to talk with Melissa of Cabana Life today. Not only have I never interviewed anyone in the swimwear realm, but I don't think I've interviewed anyone with such a strong brand mission as hers. After being diagnosed with melanoma at age 26, Melissa was on a mission to develop sun protective clothing that doesn't sacrifice style or fun. Tune in now and learn more. All right. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and a little brief description about what you do. Sure. My name is Melissa Papak, and I am the founder and CEO of Cabana Life. I live in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, which is just outside of Jacksonville. And I started Cabana Life Sun Protective Clothing after my personal battle with skin cancer to create something that people really wanted to wear that would protect them from the sun. I love that. And I've been um, a fan of Cabana Life for years now. And you guys are my go-to when I go to the pool or the beach. So I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. So how would you describe Cabana Life to someone who hasn't heard of it yet? So Cabana Life is really designed to be a sun protective lifestyle. Um, We make beautiful, easy to wear clothing that provides the highest UV protection, which is 50 plus UV protection. And it's really designed to take you from everyday to vacay. So picture dresses, cover-ups, swimwear, athletic tops um, for you and your family. I love that. They are so cute. Like it's not like um, just a cover up that you're wearing to the beach. It's something that then you could go and have drinks or dinner after you have so many pieces. Um, I feel like they're so transitional, each of them. Well, we want them all to multitask, right? Because that's what we do every single day. So (laughs) they should be able to really follow you throughout everything your day throws at you. Definitely. So as you mentioned, um, you know, during our first question, you started this business kind of out of necessity um, when you were diagnosed with melanoma at just age 26. Can you like talk a little bit about that news, that shocking news, and then kind of how you took that information and um, were proactive and started Cabana Life? Sure. Well, when I was 26, I was living in New York City and kind of, you know, living every 20-something dream, Um, had a great job in fashion at the magazines doing marketing and PR. And for whatever reason, I probably changed jobs and got a new insurance and went for a physical. Uh And at my physical, the doctor said, Hey, you know, with your skin tone, you should probably just, you know, get a a skin check every once in a while. And it's just, you know, you're very fair. And I think I was giving my new insurance plan, like a workout and I was like, okay, sure. Cool. And I'll, I'll book something. And so for whatever reason, I actually did, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> Especially know, at 26. At 26. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I really, truly am so grateful that it all went down the way it did because it mm. could have gone so many other directions. But I think yep. the dermatologist was on the same floor in his building in New York. And I just went after, made myself an appointment, went to this appointment um, and got a very quick skin check. It almost felt like a little bit fast. And at the end, the dermatologist said, do you have any questions? And I truly didn't go in with 
questions in my head, but I don't know if I felt like I was getting gypped or something. And I just rattled off like a million, like, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this. And one of my, what's this is, was this teeny pink spot on my arm. Um, he looked at it closer and he's like, you know, maybe we should biopsy that, come back at your leisure, which you know, Lord knows what that meant at 26. It probably was several weeks later, but ultimately that came back um, to be an amelanotic melanoma, which means it didn't have pigment or the things you typically look for with the brown, the black, the different shapes. So it was really, I thought it was a scar from a mosquito bite from being out in the Hamptons that summer. It was nothing that was, you know, terribly concerning. And thank God I asked that day, what's this? Um, And then from that moment on, it just, so much information came at me and like so many people I thought of it as okay fine I have skin cancer it's cancer light you're just gonna like cut it out I literally started crying at the thought of having a scar on my arm it was on my upper left arm and I was like am I gonna have a scar and he looked at me he's like um you can die I was like what no I'm like 26 I'm this is just skin cancer gonna cut it out and he's yeah. like, this is a melanoma and this can spread throughout your body to your organs and you can die. And I was like, okay. I'm like, let me just call my mom for a second. <laughs> and um, so at that point, changed dermatologist to this amazing derm who um, ultimately performed my surgery. And okay. thankfully it was caught early enough that it didn't spread to my internal organs, which I had to have checked every year for five mm-hmm. years after that. Um, so I really was incredibly, incredibly lucky. And when I was sitting in the surgeon's office, learned so much um, about the dangers of the sun and that one in five Americans get some form of skin cancer and that one blistering sunburn during childhood more than doubles your chance of skin cancer later in life. Wow. And I think the biggest aha moment for me was he said, um, after you know removing this teeny pinhead size thing to the tune of like a five inch scar and you know hundreds of stitches he said um, you really need to start wearing sun protective clothing and here I am at 26 working at Condé Nast um, with my stilettos and I was like what are you talking about I go on the news telling people what they should wear what is sun protective clothing it isn't my clothing protecting me and he said No, it's not. A regular lightweight cotton t-shirt provides the equivalent of SPF 5. Sometimes you hear SPF 7, but regardless, it's not a SPF that you would put on and go outside for a day in the sun. Uh And so I was like, wait, I'm like, but I'm not really getting burned through it, but there's UVA rays and UVB rays and the B rays cause the burn, but I was still getting that harmful sun exposure through the clothing that you'd want to wear in the summer, things that are sheer, lightweight, cotton, easy breezy. And then of course I flash back to all those years, like at sleepaway camp in my white t-shirt uniform or, you know, going to the beach and I am fair, I have red hair and freckles. So I would sometimes keep a t-shirt on mm-hmm. to, before rash guards, right? That wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, and thinking back to being in the sun in a white t-shirt over my bathing suit and even worse, if I went in the ocean and it became wet, it was even you know, more equivalent to an SPF three or two. So I just said, I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? Like what? And so he brought me in a catalog of what was available. And I was like, "Hmm, okay, well, (laughs) does it have to be fluorescent and synthetic and look like I'm going on safari or like, can it be (laughs) cute and stylish? And he said, he's like, I mean, he's the dermatologist. He's like, I I don't know. I guess it could be (laughs) cute and stylish. I was like, well, why isn't it? Why, you know? 
why is the only place you can get it at your dermatologist through a catalog? Why isn't it mainstream? Why is it looking like this? Yeah. Um, I'm like, I am not putting this on with a pair of stilettos and I'm marching into Condé Nast. And so <laughs> at the time I was like, well, what are my other alternatives? And he's like, well, you know, inherently certain fabrics have a higher UPF, which is what you measure the rating of sun protection of fabrics is UPF versus SPF is more for sunscreen. But so he said, um, there are certain fabrics that are heavier weave that are heavier in nature, like denim inherently probably is 50 plus UPF, most mm -hmm. standard denim. So I was like, huh. So I kid you not, I wore my denim jacket, like a shield of armor that whole summer <laughs> to the beach. Like probably it was sweating. Oh, totally, totally. But I had no other choice as yeah. I was trying to like take all this information. And I was like, somebody has to do this and have to talk about it. And I knew I could talk about my story probably for one news cycle, right? Mm -hmm. About young girl, got skin cancer, all that. But I really wanted to be able to continue that message and not only tell my story, but offer like a stylish, easy, happy solution to something that is such an ugly, scary topic. So yeah. that's where the idea for Cabana Life came from to really make sun protection something that you can easily incorporate into your everyday life and that you want to wear. So that was kind of where the brainchild came from. Um, of course, you know, it took a couple of years to actually start researching it, figuring it out, build up the courage to leave my very cushy current situation in the fashion magazine world and say goodbye clothing allowance. I'm going to go become an entrepreneur and figure this whole untapped category out. So. Oh my gosh, that is just, I, I mean, I grew up and I'm sure you did where like you would go to the tanning salon and um, for prom, especially and all of that, which is so bad looking yeah. back. And I, I just, I can't believe that now. Now I'm like always wearing a hat. I'm wearing your guys's um, clothes when I'm at the beach and pool. And so it's just so crazy. And I agree with the fact there's not really you know, that much information out about, and especially to, to young girls, I feel like you don't think that it's a reality. You're like, Oh, like that won't happen to me. Or, um, you know, just like right. you said, you're like, Oh my gosh, well, this caused a scar. And you're not necessarily thinking like, no, like this could kill someone. Um, oh, so I yeah. think that's so great that, you know, you sort of then changed and made this your mission is to spread the word and then come up with an alternative for people. Um, so, I guess then my question is, how did you know even what to do next? Like, what were some of your first steps once you had this idea, like, hey, I'm going to make clothing that's going to protect you from the sun, but be stylish. What what did you do next? Because you're not formally trained necessarily in fashion design or even dermatology. So no. can you talk yeah. us through the process of developing your brand then? Right. And also picture this is going back um, to 2001. So mm -hmm. it's not like Google, like, it's not like everything was at your fingertips <laughs> the way that it is today. Um, but really, I started looking into fabrics. How do, how do you make it sun protective? What does the weave have to be? Um, started doing research on that end. Um, I rem remember faxing ideas for logos back and forth with like hand sketched out cabanas and coming up with a name and using the word life after because I wanted it to kind of touch every part of your life and then really pounding the pavement in the garment district in New York City, um, you know, looking up people that make samples and um, going to mood fabrics and looking at all the different fabrics and prints and 
getting a freelance designer actually went through a couple of those, um, trying to figure out what I wanted it to look like. And it was just a huge learning curve and took information from every one of those meetings and interactions. And I'm sure they were probably like, who is this girl? What is she talking about? <laughs> I remember this one woman, her name was Rita. And um, she, you know, was a total garmento, had been in the industry for a million years. And she's like, I like you. She's like, I, I don't know what I like about you. She's like, I'll help you. And she's like, um, all right, so do you have your pattern? I was like, yeah. I'm like, we're going to do the floral and we're going to match it with pink and da, da, da. She's like, no, no, your pattern. I'm like, yeah, the floral. She's like, no, the pattern. I'm <laughs> the like, pattern. yeah, the floral. She's like, no, a pattern is what you like need to like spec out and make a garment. It's not your print. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, how does one get a pattern then? So just like learning all of that um, and just, you know, making mistakes and being okay with it. I think ignorance is bliss, right? If I had mm -hmm. any idea what I was going to be up against, maybe I wouldn't have taken the leap. Um, but I just had this determination to figure it out and get it done. Um, and it just, you know, one step after the other just kept going and going and going and going. Yeah. Um, we actually launched with children's clothing, which I don't oh. think many people realize we no. started because I felt like, it was a lot harder to, and I didn't even have kids at the time when I was doing all this research, but um, recognized that it was going to be a lot more difficult to change the behaviors and patterns of adults okay. versus when it comes to protecting your kids, you know, you'll bend over backwards, you'll sacrifice mm -hmm. whatever, and you have a bigger open to listen when it comes to health and well-being, right? Like yeah. parents will sacrifice showers, food, you know, their own sleep, whatever it is for the benefit of their children, but they really might actually listen to statistics if it is affecting their child and then hopefully have that trickle down effect to like okay well if that's not safe for my child then it's not safe for me too yeah. so so that's where we started in children's play where not even swimwear little like yeah. polo shirts and pants and things like that and kind of learned a lot of our hard lessons um during that time and yeah. at the beginning yeah at the beginning of Cabana Life I was so fortunate um because I was freelancing for a lot of the magazines and kind of building this like little idea and dream and the um, resources around me to try and get this together. And early on, um, there was a girl, a woman who I worked at Vanity Fair with, and she mm -hmm. wanted to pick my brain about freelancing because I, at that point, had a pretty good freelance gig. I just got married, um, just hadn't had any kids yet. And so we went to lunch one day and it was the first time I kind of said out loud to somebody else. She was like, well, asking me all these questions about freelancing. And I said, I'm like, well, I think I'm like giving it up. I'm going to like start this company. And I started telling her about it. And she's like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And um, at the time, her mother-in-law and her grandmother both had skin cancer. Okay. Um, so it really resonated with her as well. And she's like, I'll help you out. I was like, well, I can't pay you. And she's like, it's okay. I'll freelance. I'll leave Vanity Fair and I'll help you on the side. Um, I was like, Okay. Wow. And so fast forward, you know, 15 years later, we're still partners. And um, she, unfortunately, both of her family members passed away from skin oh. cancer over the course of Cabana Life. But so early on, got an amazing um, sounding board partner, just work wife, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the two of us just kind of muddled through this crazy adventure together. Oh Her my gosh. I'm Melissa. Um, Melissa. So it's quite the, it's always an amusing factor. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like a lot of learning and trial and error and just finding 
you know, people that could help you out and really learning from mistakes too. And, um, and not being afraid to make them. Yes. So what were some of your um, non-negotiables or like when you had this concept, I guess maybe talk about, you know, the fabric or obviously uh, style was one of these non-negotiables too. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like when you came up with a concept, like what, what it was going to be? Yes. My dream of the two things that it had to be non-negotiable was UPS 50 plus the highest rating available because trust me, life, you know, would be easier if that high, high, high standard was not needed in every single garment, right? There's certain Mm -hmm. fabrications we could play in and be 30, but to me, 50 having the highest was a non-negotiable point. And then um, of course, having it like soft and luxurious, that was not negotiable. But the thing that I wanted, because at the time it was nowhere to be seen, what I wanted was to be able to compete on style, sitting on a rack in a quote unquote normal store, mainstream store next to a popular mainstream brand and be as stylish. So nothing was compromised by the fact that it was sun protective. It was just a bonus that it was sun protective. And to get into these stores who had never even heard of sun protective clothing. Mm -hmm. So really to make it widely available to people, that was um, something that was the dream. And And for that to happen, it had to be stylish. I think you've achieved that. I mean, I think I buy your pieces because I love the look of them. And the fact that they are sun protective is the added bonus. Um, Right. Which I think, you know, it could be the opposite too. I'm sure some people buy it first because of the sun protection and then because it's stylish, but I think it could go either way. So I think you really have accomplished that. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's funny that you say that. That's what we say. There are two customers, the ones that come to us first for sun protection and bonus is stylish. And then mm-hmm. the ones that come to us because they love the bright prints and the feeling of escape and then bonus it's sun protective. Yep. So that was really what we set out to do. So I'm happy to hear that you think we achieved it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay. So you came up with a concept. You then are starting to produce samples and um, product and all of that. So how did you get the word out? What were some, um, and even still today, you know, sort of what are you doing to get the word out in market? Sure. And again, that was, believe it or not, the part that was easiest for mm-hmm. us going into this. Well, with your background. A, with our background, right? Yeah. We knew how to get it in the hands of celebrities. We knew how to get into the, um, on the news shows, um, into the glossy magazines, which was everything back then, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's changed. It's influencers, bloggers. It's been fascinating from a marketing background to watch really this evolution over the last 15 years. But so that part was amazingly easy because it was a new concept. It was based on a need. We had like all of the hooks getting the actual product to the store, that was a whole other story. But we, you know, got it on Good Morning America before we really had (laughs) distribution. And that actually, um, because we had the ability to generate this buzz early on, and when nobody was really talking about sun protection, that allowed us to open some more doors, because all of a sudden, we were out there in this pretty big way, right, just with the children's stuff, because that's what we launched with. And um, we've got phone calls from Banana Boat Sunscreen, from Disney, like Uh wanting us to make clothing for them. I'm like, they have no idea. We're like two people who have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) And we're like, oh, but we were able to use those opportunities to leverage different licensing agreements to get other people to help us manufacture. So, you know, it was like taking what you were good at and what you Mm -hmm. knew how to do and then finding 
the opportunities that came from that area, right? That was what we knew how to do. And it ultimately did open a lot of doors for us. I think that's so interesting. And, um, so smart because I think some people might have the challenge with marketing because that's not their background or some people, you know, they might have a background in sales. So the retail aspect and getting in stores is really easy and natural to them. I think it's important to realize sort of, you know, what your strengths are and then how that can play into other parts and you can use that to help you in other parts though too. Yes, exactly. I mean, we, I remember our very first trade show because nobody understood this concept that like, UV light is coming through your clothing, it's dangerous. And so the sales and marketing were kind of more natural to um, given our background to us. So we sat there with uh, UV light and our very first collection, we had the color changing ink. So we put like a little palm tree icon or whatever on these little polo shirts. And we'd sat, sit there with the, the light and at the trade show, hold it over so you can see. And then all of a sudden the palm tree would light up and, you know, all these buyers are like, okay, that's cute. I guess we'll give it a try. But we were so passionate about it. We had this little five foot by five foot booth and we crushed it. We were like right along the food line there. And it's just, you know, when you think differently and we came in leading with marketing and sales, um, Mm -hmm. it was just, it was refreshing, I think, to a lot of people and something different that they were willing to try. I love that. So how has your business changed then over the years? Um, are you guys still doing a lot of selling to stores? Or are you mostly e-commerce now or um, or even beyond that? Like what are some things that you think have changed over the years? Sure. I think probably, you know, our biggest change happened in 2012 when we added women's clothing to the mm-hmm. collection and not as an afterthought, like a one-off hat, but more um, more intentionally. And I think at that same time, the awareness and the importance of sun protection and clothing was finally becoming more mainstream and being talked about. And then it also happened to be around the time that the rash guard trend started taking off. And we were one of the first people to have really feminine rash guards. Rash guards weren't just for surfers anymore with a big logo across it. We had um, the most stylish rash guards with zippers and embroideries. And like we rode that rash guard trend and then, you know, parlayed more into dresses and women's uh, clothing and swimwear. And so I think that was a big change because there's so much more you can do in the women's market. And that opened up so many doors. It was like everything kind of aligned at that point in terms of the market being ready for it, um, the, being early to these trends. And then just, mm-hmm. I think, the climate, it just, it all took off at once. Um, we've always been strong believers in our stores that carry our product because so many people go on vacation and they're at their hotel and they forget a rash guard or they get a sunburn the first day and they go into the the shop and discover the brand that way. So um, we're sold at over 400 stores throughout the country and international as well. And we love that, you know, experience for the customers to be able to really engage with the brand and try it and discover it. And then of course, the importance of e-com has continued to grow as people's um, buying habits are shifting. Um, And it's a great way for us to also directly communicate with our customers um, and really form these stronger relationships by being able to have the direct dialogue. So that's how the business um, kind of evolved, right? Started with kids, picked up some retailers, added some women. We always had an e-com presence, but of course it's so different today than what it was even from a, you know, what was possible five Mm -hmm. years ago. 
So that's kind of the evolution. That's amazing. So what have been some challenges then that you faced? I mean, I'm sure with every business, there's there's (laughs) a lot along the way, but what are some um, that you can remember and sort of you, what was the solution then? How did you go around that? Sure. Um, I think that truly the greatest gift that being an entrepreneur and having a company has given me is like this incredibly thick skin that has developed over the last 15 (laughs) years. Um, And I think probably my partner and I are like both people least phased by a challenge um, and really are able to let so much roll off our backs. And I think challenges in business are almost like childbirth. It's like you go through it. It can be excruciating. you come out the other side and then suddenly it's like two weeks later, you forget it. Right. Because it's probably (laughs) another challenge coming down the pike you have to focus on, but it's really incredible how that works. So when I, you know, am thinking about this, of course, what comes to mind is the most recent challenge that we and the whole world has had, which is COVID. Um, And again, I love learning. I love thinking differently. Um, Even though, of course, it was scary to build this thing that you're so passionate about and just watch the whole world just fall in on itself and the uncertainty and worrying about your retailers and worrying Mm -hmm. about the health and wellness of your customers and what this means for everything that you've worked so hard for. I think that was challenging as it was for everyone. But, um, you know, of course, we wanted to keep our employees employed, which we're proud to have been able to do and to help our retailers who had been so loyal to us all those years, knowing that they were closed, like what creative things we could do to help them continue to drive revenue, which we did by offering things through our website where we would, you know, they could have their customers buy from our website and we would kick back to them. So just, mm-hmm. it gave so many opportunities to kind of be creative and think mm-hmm. differently. And I think that was the big silver lining of it. Yeah. Also being able to lean into our customers and where they were, I mean, at that moment, I was like, I have to take over our Instagram feed. Like, I want them to know what we're feeling and just started this really kind of intimate dialogue where I was like, what can we give? Yes, we gave money to get PPE. You know, we joined brands for better. We then said, what do we have at our disposal? I'm like, I have a warehouse filled with really pretty dresses and clothing and things that make you smile. So let's reach out to our community and have all of these amazing women spread sunshine and share stories of people that are inspiring them right now. And the response was overwhelming, like tears to my eyes, just so unreal. Like all these different women who were out there doing great things, just getting by, just making it happen. Um, All of them so inspiring. And we gave free dresses to, you know, many different women and featured them all on our blog and just in our emails and just really created a sense of, community. So we were able to get through it and, and just think differently. I mean, everyone we were working with was thinking differently and Mm -hmm. things that were, would have never been a way you could go about a partnership with an influencer or um, something with a designer. It just, everyone had this great open to listen and try new things and be creative. So it was definitely a challenge, you know, with supply chains getting shut down and all of that. But, um, so many amazing things that came out of it. So that would That's be my most, recent, my most recent challenge. But I really, <laughs> truly am oddly a little bit grateful for it because I think it shook things up and uh-huh. made okay. you take a step back and think differently and, and be more creative and more in touch 
Yeah, it made you do things that you probably wouldn't have done before. I feel like that's across the board with all businesses and even my own. Um, You know, maybe I was more private on Instagram on my business account, but that I was doing Instagram lives with other people and just trying to provide um, some useful information and just showing more vulnerability and behind the scenes, I feel like. And a lot of people, it sounds like you guys did as well. Yeah, yeah. So So that sounds like... A moment that, you know, you guys are really proud of how you guys pivoted during COVID. But what are some other moments that um, you're really proud of or really successful moments with Cabana Life? It's so funny. I feel like we, or I personally, am not really great at taking a step back and being like, oh, great job, self, right? I mean, of course, (laughs) like praise and have so much respect for everyone we work with and everyone that's making Cabana Life what it is and have absolutely zero um, problem thanking them every single day profusely um, and truly meaning it and being so grateful for everyone's contributions. Um, I think some successful moments, again, I'll go to two, one, of course, whatever's top of mind, right? Because you just Mm -hmm. are always going, 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 going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So most recently, you know, of course, trying to figure out what e-commerce during COVID meant and working with the team, changing the messaging, trying to like really look at the analytics and figure everything out and having everyone still stay employed, maybe doing different jobs than they would have normally done because, you know, factories overseas were closed down and whatnot, but had this awesome team that we are so grateful for all working hard to pivot during COVID. And um, we ended up having a month during the summer where we hit some fantastic sales goal that wasn't even on our radar pre-COVID. I mean, it would have been a nice idea, but we all like the last day of the month were kind of watching as we were like climbing and climbing and climbing and to like go over this magical threshold right and had everyone on um had everyone on a text message ready to go as I was like watching it was like nine o'clock at night the numbers tick tick up until we like crossed over that and then sending um a text out because we we really work hard play hard um yeah if you're not having fun coming to work then we're not doing something right Uh, yeah we're working hard everyone does a really great job but we also laugh a lot so we ended up sending around this video of a dance routine my partner and I had done during our holiday <laughs> party because that seemed like totally normal too in high speed. <laughs> and um, just having everyone, you know, chime in with like the, the party emojis and the confetti and like all of that. <laughs> um, just knowing that whatever we had been struggling through and doing together for the last couple months leading up to that really all came together and allowed us to hit this crazy goal that wasn't even on our radar um so that's one of the things and then the only uh, not the only other one but I think the one moment I did step back was it was probably 10 plus years ago mm-hmm. and again I only stepped back for three seconds but I was like in my pajamas and there was like a piece that ran in the Wall Street Journal that morning it was like in Oprah and then I think there was like an MSNBC like business piece and I was like, wow, I'm like, we sound so important <laughs> because it was like all this press hit in one day. And I was like, okay, yeah. like, let me take a, like a, a beat. And I just remember being in my basement at our house in Connecticut where we were living at the time, like not even for two minutes being like, okay, like that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, got to go get emails out. Like, but you know, it's just, I think when you're just so driven and wanting to fulfill this mission and this passion, 
I feel like you just keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and don't necessarily step back. I do always like seeing a spotting though, when you go to the beach or on vacation or checking into a hotel, like having an out in the wild spotting. Yeah. Um, so if you ever see somebody like creepily taking a picture of you, um, <laughs> it might be me or somebody from my team. <laughs> it's just, we call it spotted in the wild. I so. love that. Proud oh my gosh. I, that sounds, you guys sound like such a fun team um, to work with and that's awesome. Oh, well, I, I mean, we laugh a ton because it, honestly, <laughs> if we, if we weren't laughing, there would probably be times we might cry, but you cry. Know, yeah, exactly. laughter, laughter is always the right answer. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So one of my favorite pieces that you guys do is your new um, terry cloth tunics. I love those. But what's your favorite piece on the site right now? I'm actually wearing a terry tunic now because it's kind of loungy and I wasn't sure if there was going to be video involved in this and uh, it just makes you look pulled together, but yet you can feel completely comfortable. Mm -hmm. So um, I do love the terries. We're actually coming out with more and more variety coming out next season. And I am always working a year ahead practically. So it's so hard for me to even think about this question because in my mind are all the new designs. (laughs) But um, one of the ones that I do love, I wear all the time is our embroidered, really lightweight cover-ups with like the tassels on the bottom because I do live in Florida so I can throw it on go to lunch in it um I know our off-the-shoulder dresses with the tassels are an easy way to feel super pulled together and then when I'm I know this was a one piece question but I have a few um one of my faves during quarantine was our sports performance top because I found myself walking and running I think for psychological reasons more than I've ever had in my (laughs) entire life um and just being outside so much um visiting with friends just again exercising and clearing your mind um those performance tops just keep you protected and just they have mesh under the arms they vent easy to wear so yeah all good ones um Okay, so besides doing some exercising and relaxing, what do you like to do in your spare time when you're not working? Okay, I work a ton, but I... Um, <laughs> I think all entrepreneurs do. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so pathetic. I'm like, I don't watch television. I can barely <laughs> read a book. Um, but what I do, I do, I mean, I still, even in my spare time, design and look for inspiration. Uh, it's always on your mind. Yeah. Um, but I do like going, we have a boat. So for some reason being out in the water and like not really on your cell phone or have people mm-hmm. having access to you, that is so freeing and refreshing to me. So I try and do that as much as possible with my kids and my husband. Um, love that. And then we live near the beach. So going to the beach, usually after six o'clock, um, I don't like the high sun for obvious reasons. Um, and plus it's a lot cooler. Although I have to like control myself and not like stare at the fit of everyone's bathing suits, but um, (laughs) not just my family, but like, you know, you're just constantly, it's on your mind. So I really feel like the boat and the beach and being outdoors is um, what I love most. Although preferably, like I said, not during high sun hours. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, especially during quarantine, living in Florida has its perks. (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, I I really was so grateful for, for our move from New York, Connecticut to Florida seven years ago during quarantine. The weather oh, was yes. flawless for some, was like the most delightful spring weather I think we've ever had since we've moved oh here. So I, I am so jealous. I know. So since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So I think Preppy, that's a very good question. I, when we were starting Cabana Life, I wanted it to be like preppy country club with like Mm -hmm. a little boho edge. 
because I think they're preppy can encompass so many things, especially from a design standpoint. I feel like it's like looking polished, feeling mm-hmm. put together. And it could just like, like we're talking about this Terry tunic, like a little bit of twill tape. It's just this like polished, refined kind of country club look. Yep. And I think we straddle preppy and we do straddle like a little bit of that kind of more fluid, hand-painted, not boho, because I wouldn't say we're extremely boho, but there's a little bit of something for everyone. I do feel like pet preppy can straddle when yeah. done in a certain way. So yeah, certainly. Yeah, so I love, love a little preppy. What's next for Cabana Life? Can you share any like sneak peeks or things that we can look forward to? Sure. Lots more prints. Um, we're going to be launching our new resort collection in November. We actually started last season with fall, which is going to be coming up before resort. And it is those quintessential cabana life prints in a little bit of a thicker fabric that you can wear to work to, you know, pumpkin picking, whatever. It's like this great recolor of some of our best prints. So we launched it last year, did incredibly well. We have a bigger collection of that coming out and that should be launching in September. Okay. Um, and I think just continuing to evolve this brand um, into other categories like the fall, more dresses, perhaps some loungewear. We're even doing masks now um, in our prints. We're getting those sold out in an hour. So we have oh. more coming in in September as well, which is really like meeting you at all these different places in your life from mm-hmm. every day to vacay. Um, so, and more collaborations. We did a Talbot's collaboration last year, which was so cool. And actually that was probably a very exciting, successful moment mm-hmm. where you have a huge company that hears about what you're doing, wants to collaborate with you. They reached out to us. I was like, oh, like, thank you. Um, <laughs> so people, you know, seeing and liking the vibe and, and creating this unique brand identity. So we have another collection launching with them. And that's for us amazing, right? Because it's getting your message out to millions and millions of more women and shoppers and it continues to elevate the platform um, and the message mm-hmm. and make more people aware. So that's um, another thing I'm super excited about that's coming out and we're doing again. So exciting. All right. So final question, um, where can people find Cabana Life? Let us know your social media handles, your website, all of that good stuff. Sure. So cabanalife.com is our website and we'll always have the full range of everything that's currently available. Um, we're at Cabana Life on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And, um, and then also we are in approximately 400 plus stores. Some of our bigger retailers are West Marine, Everything But Water, Dillard's, Von Maurer, um, and then a ton of amazing boutiques and hotels like the Ritz Carlton's. Um, and we just are so happy for all of these people and these stores that have really, and of course, all the people that we work with day in and day out on our team as well, who have allowed us to fulfill this dream and build this brand. And mm-hmm. most importantly, help educate people about the dangers of the sun and easy ways to prevent it. And I know you mentioned earlier that you went to the tanning salons and thankfully, because I am so fair, like I, I know I burn. So <laughs> I really was had, with the exception of some rebellious moments in my teens, was pretty covered up. That's but, good. <laughs> but for all the people who kind of look back and cringe, I mean, as we all do, admittedly, yeah. 
of these different times you've had sun exposure. While you can't go back and undo those moments and the things that you did, Mm -hmm. what you can do is be proactive about your annual skin check, work with your dermatologist, find out how often you should be going in, do it religiously because it is so much easier to deal with any issues if you find them early versus if they spread. You know your body the best. So always ask the questions. I go in with circles on my body now of my what this is. So (laughs) never be afraid because you're looking at your skin day in and day out in the shower, putting on lotion, whatever. So never be afraid to ask questions. And then, you know, your, your skin still is subject to sun exposure every day. So it's never too late to start good habits now. If not for the fear of getting some form of skin cancer, 90% of the visible aging comes from sun damage. So there's a reason to do it to look good too. (laughs) So there's lots of reasons to be sun safe and feel good about yourself and feel fabulous. So for sure. No, that such good advice. And um, I just love learning more about you and your company and uh, the why behind it. So thank you so much, Melissa. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And again, I love seeing pictures of you. And um, I know we've, we've gotten several. And it always makes me so happy to see uh, how different people style their cabana life. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.